We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from I scratch. could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers and your host. My guest today is Melinda Gagnon. Welcome on the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. So Melinda is the co-founder and CEO of um, Uprise Partners, which is an investment firm and, and consultancy. And you were also on the original founding team of the Google Ad Technology, which is kind of crazy. Um, but pretty awesome because that changed the world. <laughs> and um, it, as well in your career, you've worked with giant, giant companies like Procter & Gamble, General Electric, and Volkswagen, and, and so forth. Why don't you give our audience a little bit of a, a background, a little origin story. How did you come to be where you are now? Yeah, so uh, the story is, is kind of an unlikely one. And I actually get that question a lot of how did you end up doing what you do? When, certainly when people hear about my educational background. So uh, I went to Bates College, a liberal arts college in Maine. I'm from rural Maine, where uh, technology isn't exactly something that people know a lot about. <laughs> I literally grew up with one one TV channel that I watched. Oh, one. Very late adopter of the internet. I had you beat by three TV channels out oh. in rural Idaho. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. So yep. here we are, right? And. And so, you know, I literally remember writing out a paper for school when I was in 11th grade. You know, I didn't have a computer at home yet. So fast forward, you know, I go to, go to school, didn't know what I wanted to do, uh, studied English literature, wrote poetry, and found myself when I graduated in 2003, literally the year that AdWords was once known as AdWords, was launched, yeah. right? Yeah. So fortunately for me, I came into an industry that was just ready for growth ready to explode, and yeah. ready to jump into. Yeah. And that's, that's how I got started. Okay. I very really slowly started working my way into different positions where I could start digging into digital marketing, start with, you know, web development work and, and really started learning by experience. Yeah. So, you know, that's how it got started for me. And then I still, while I really liked what I was doing with digital, I wasn't totally sold that that was for me. Yeah. And so I always loved international affairs. I loved politics. And I said, I'm going to go to grad school and be a foreign correspondent. Wow. So like stopped. a foreign news correspondent oh, kind yeah. of a thing? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. live overseas, you know, be on the ground where all the excitement is happening. Holding the mic like you are now. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Reporting live from Tel Aviv. That's totally what I wanted. Yeah. Totally. You know. Yeah. So I went to BU and uh, started a dual degree program with international relations and international communications and absolutely loved it. Oh, clarify for our audience. BU. Oh, Yes, Boston University. Okay, yeah, I figured. So right in, yeah. in, our, in our backyard here. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a pretty meandering path. And that's when, you know, I also get the question of like, wait a minute, you have no education in what, <laughs> what you do. Uh -huh. It was literally all by experience. And uh -huh. granted, I mean, 
Poetry communications, of course, that has helped me tremendously. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard people like help me reflect on my background literally when they say, oh, you know, poets are the first systems thinkers. Like, oh, really? How convenient. I had no idea. But I guess <laughs> that helped me. Right. So, you know, I, I certainly think all of our experiences contribute. Right. Because uh-huh. the more we can have a, you know, diverse background and different points of view the work is always better, right? That's how, yeah. how we like to build our team. So I, you know, I think that all applies. But um, Google happened for me in a really unexpected way. And that's kind of was a bit of a transformative thing that I just didn't see coming. Okay. Essentially. Wow. So when did you start Uprise Partners? I started Uprise two years ago. Okay. So and pretty recent. Yeah. And it was after... Eight years with WPP, a you know huge holding company. I was with um, Group M, which is holding company within a holding company. <laughs> so okay. it's you know one of those uh, just big you know behemoth of a, of a company. So WPP is the world's largest media holding company by revenue. Uh, anyone who's been following it, they've been seeing a lot of tumultuous times in the last couple of years, which um, definitely saw that coming mm-hmm. in the industry, and that's part of why I started Uprise. Because uh, we definitely need a, a different model of how we serve clients, one mm-hmm. that's more flexible, one that's more results oriented and really have the ability on one team to help across the board with business growth. So basically, I started Uprise to say, look, I want to have the business growth engine under one roof mm-hmm. because when you start having to shop that out to an, a marketing agency a tech company, then you have your business consultancy, your Accentures, your McKinsey's, what have you. So much gets lost in translation. Mm-hmm. And as much as you try to share among those organizations and pull it all together, it ends up being inefficient and ineffectual. Mm-hmm. So essentially what we build at Uprise is we have the expertise to do anything around go-to-market. So marketing, advertising, communications, branding, mm-hmm. that. Anything around technology. So we have technologists in our group. Um, I founded the company with my husband, Brian Gagnon. Mm-hmm. He has a career uh, in technology, was early days at VMware through their IPO, built the data architecture for companies like JP Morgan Chase. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we can do all of that yeah. from recommending technology to implementing it, making sure data is secure and used in the right way. And we can develop anything. We have a team of dev- developers. Yeah. Right? So we yeah. can do all of that. So it's literally like whatever we need to do to help with growth, we can do it and we can be surgical in how we do it. Very cool. So you could really, like you said, have that efficient and effective impact right there where you need to. So talk to me a little about, you, you'd mentioned to me before a, a little bit about your model, which is um, where you both do investment and then also you're doing the consulting as well as like you pull in all these other uh, different areas of the business where marketing's needed, branding, whatever it is. Um, can you go into the, that a little bit? Because I, I don't think that's that common out there, right? What you're doing as far as the investment side goes. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a very different model and one that, that we're really excited about. So we are a consulting firm and we're also an investment firm. Mm-hmm. And why we developed this model is because one, a, a core mission to Uprise is to help nurture and find innovation in unlikely places. Okay, yeah. So a lot of times that means underrepresented founders and companies. So whether that be women founders, minority founders, people who are from rural areas, Mm -hmm. you know, coming from a rural area myself, I, I have seen firsthand like so many great ideas that will not gain traction because people just don't have the tools that they need 
to succeed and that support that they need because I mean anyone who's tried it starting a business being an entrepreneur is like to say it's hard is not even describing it it is like punishing work yeah it really is Uh and it's emotionally challenging it is financially challenging it tries you on every level that you can be tried on and you have to have support. You have to have support from a, just a functional and how to do it standpoint, yeah. but you also have to have like a community around you. Yeah. And so that's something that's really important to us. So serving and helping those underserved founders and also being able to have the flexibility to say, Hey, we believe in you yeah. and it's okay that you can't pay us right now. We're going to, we're going to be in it with you and we're not going to be in it with you only in the way of writing you a check. And that's a powerful endorsement. Yeah. I'm not going to give the VCs yeah. or the angels like a knock. That's yeah. great. But we're going to say, we're going to put our team's time on this. We're going to put our time on this yep. and we're going to help you grow. What do you need first? That's right. And then we're going to move on to the next thing. And so our portfolio companies, uh, we work with them in a variety of ways. We have some that we're, they're essentially CTO yeah. and research and development arm. We have some that we're their entire sales and marketing team. Oh, wow. And we have varying levels of help. You know, we can be strategic advisors, um, you know, on a monthly, weekly basis. We can be in there literally literally responding to sales inquiries and launching ads. So it's really however the client needs us. Yeah. And that's the flexibility that I was mentioning before, that we show up in the way that best serves the client. Yeah. If it means we pop in once in a while and offer some strategic advice and pop out, cool. Yeah. If you need us to roll up our sleeves and be in it with you every day and have a company email, <laughs> we will. Uh huh. If it means we train your in-house team, we'll do that too. Can you yeah. imagine an agency being like, I'll train you how to, how to run ads. I'll t- uh, no way. That's mm-hmm. eating their lunch, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's, we really are focused on just helping. And, and we've had some criticism of like, well, but doesn't that work you out of a biz- out of a job? Nope. No. If they're successful, you're going to be just fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's, uh, I think it's actually a fantastic model and one that aligns incentives actually with the, um, the client that you're trying to help out. And, um, and I love your mission to, to basically serve the underserved, right. To go out and help people that are maybe not your stereotypical entrepreneur, but, um, give them the support and the network and everything that they need to be able to succeed. I think that's, I think that's fantastic. So let me ask now in your career or life, when, what was your from poop to gold moment? When have you had a crappy situation that turned into something positive? Yeah. So that's, I love this question, first of all. And, and I am going to have my mom watch this because (laughs) my mom is the queen of poop jokes and and she's she's just going to delight in this. So I would fit right in, in your family. Oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's, good times. So my poop to gold moment is actually what led me to Google. Which oh, okay. It, so, so I told the bit about like, wasn't really sure this whole like digital stuff yeah. was for me. Went to grad school. So I'm in this great, great program. I've gone like over to the Middle East to do like research for my thesis. Cause that's my area of study. Like I'm into it. Mm-hmm. So into it. And spring rolls around. I've been in school full time for a year, loving it. However, realizing I'm going into ridiculous debt because Boston University is very expensive. I 
had no job because I was going to school full time. I couldn't handle a job. And I had that moment of, okay, this maybe isn't such a great idea. Coupled with the realization that the market for foreign correspondence wasn't exactly strong. So I kind of realized on a couple fronts of, ooh, darn, I love what I'm studying and it's fascinating and exhilarating, but I'm going horribly into debt and I actually don't know how great my job prospects are going to be yeah, when I get out of here. You just started looking at the raw numbers of what you were getting yourself into. Yeah. So I said, all right, I think, I think I'm going to keep doing this because I love this. I'm not going to jump ship, but I think I need to go get a job, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. finish part time, like get, get a little practical here. So I was kind of adrift, kind of disappointed at realizing all of this. Yeah. It's your dream, right? And you're like, yeah, am I giving and, up on this? And honestly feeling like I was kind of, um, like a cop out. Mm, mm-hmm. Like I was going less all in on the thing that I really wanted to do. Yeah. So that was kind of a tough realization. So I'm like, okay, great. I'll go find a job. And so I applied to Google, not thinking that was going to go anywhere. I mean, I had some of course relevant experience and everything, but couldn't believe the day that I got the call. I literally cried, like not even kidding that, that I got the job and you know, they were in startup space next, next to HubSpot actually mm-hmm. over at one Broadway, which is in Cambridge, just over near MIT. And we were starting up this ad technology group. It was just, you know, we're elbow to elbow. It was super exciting. And I couldn't believe how much I loved it. Mm. That was the first like glimpse that I got into what it's like to be an entrepreneur and what it's like to grow something Mm -hmm. and be a part of this team that is just so smart and so enthusiastic and so capable. And I was just like, oh goodness, I love this. Mm -hmm. I love the pace. I love the challenge. It's intellectually everything that I was looking for that I didn't have in those jobs that I had before I went to grad school. Yeah. And I just was hooked. So, you know, I finished my, my grad program and Google's wonderful. They totally supported me in that. Um, and just kept going Mm -hmm. in that direction. So, you know, it it definitely was a turn that I didn't see coming Mm -hmm. like at all. Yeah. But that's the great thing about, you know, poop to gold. Yeah. (laughs) Like we sometimes are surprised by what we end up liking. Yeah. Kind of being in that low of lows kind of opens your mind up to different possibilities and ultimately like to innovation in your own life, right? Innovation in, in your career. And so, yeah, I think that's, I think that's fantastic. So let me ask about your creative process. Um, I'm assuming you, you sound like you've got a creative bone in you <laughs> for certain that you're um, a, a creative and strategic thinker. What, what do you find is your recipe for getting the best ideas for Melinda? Uh, to create space. Okay. So where creativity doesn't happen, and I, I would guess this might be true for most people, is when you insert too much structure. Usually you insert too much structure when you're pressed for time. You're pressed for time when you just have too much going on. And that all is the recipe for a frantic mind. Mm. And good stuff doesn't happen when that's your state. So when I'm working on something 
a, a project that has to be really creative or really strategic. Like, for example, I was working on doing a lot of investor like presentation reinventions. Like, how do we talk about the company? How do we conceive of the value of the marketplace we're talking about? Like setting the stage for like, what is this thing? And basically, it's just getting everything pushed aside and just trying to to kind of open up like what it's harder to describe like what is the I'm going to use a really cheesy term what is the essence of this thing Mm -hmm. right so if I'm going to describe something in the most like simplest terms like what does that start to be and it's literally kind of um, just trying to get to the meaning of what's there yep but it can't be it can't start in a structured way it literally has to start with a like, why is this meaningful question? Yeah. And that can go so many different places. And then you follow it and you're like, no, that's not it. You know, follow something else and that's not it. Right. And then you kind of build from there. So, yeah, I think you just have to give yourself room to wander and know when to ask yourself, that's not it. Keep going. Or I need to reframe the question and literally ask yourself the question in a different way because it helps you think about it differently. So it's an iterative process. It's not only, like you said, giving yourself that space for your mind to wander and to think of things that way, but actually reframing the question so that it gets your brain just thinking differently. It's it's basically an applying a new lens to your view. Exactly. And uh, another really good thing to do is just get yourself out of your environment. Like literally go take a walk, go someplace that is just different because our physical surroundings contribute to being stuck in certain ways so I I have I would love to talk about working style and work qualities like because I I think that's super important but that's something I've realized about myself if I have to show up to a certain office and sit at a certain desk every day I feel like a penned animal (laughs) and and I, I don't do my best work so I need to be able to you know work remote if I need to, show up at different offices, work from different places, because it helps me stay fresh. Okay. So let's talk about that. What What is your work style? You, you gave us a little bit of a clue into it right now, but you like to not just work in one place, but what what all does that yeah. look like for you? Well, and, and this was kind of what I realized when I was like, oh, I love this Google thing. Like, what uh-huh. is that about? Yeah. I'm not out talking about world social issues. Like, you know, what is this? So essentially, you know, when anyone asks like, oh, how, how do I navigate my career and pick out the next thing to do? It's like, well, don't think about the job. Don't think about the role. Think about how you like to work and your values, because that might show up for you in an industry you never expected or mm-hmm. a role you never expected. Or maybe it's even the same type of work, but just at a different company that has a different philosophy. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I realized that flexibility and that trust from the company that I worked with was really important. If a company doesn't entrust their employees, they're going to treat them like high school students in study hall. They're never going to let them work remote. They're never going to, you know, be more progressive in some of the benefits they give them. It's not in their culture. So I realized a lot about company culture. That was super important to me. And also uh, in terms of moving fast with people who are, enthusiastic and driven and super intelligent. Whenever I found myself in organizations that had like B players, Mm -hmm. it was so miserable. And we've all been there. We all know when we look around, we're just like, I can't even try my best because then I feel like Johnny like wants to shoot me in the back (laughs) because now he looks bad and it's it's not a performance culture. Yeah, it's not a performance culture. You know, 
um, or another thing, things move so slow because it's bureaucratic. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Right. Um, so, so once you realize what makes you really excited and what just drags you down, makes you like kind of bummed about your work, then you can start being like, okay, I'm going to talk to people who work at these different companies and ask, ask how it is. Right. And and you start to discover different opportunities that way. Yeah. I love that. I mean, we've tried to have a really flexible culture at Harmon Brothers where we kind of let people determine their own hours, but the main requirement is. Just get your stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> and when and when you have teams that work really well together, you know when people are getting stuff done or yeah. they're not. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. It's not a mystery. Yeah. So, you know, if people are getting lost lost out there and you know what they're doing, well, do they not have the right role? Do you, you know, yeah. what is it? It's something it's, so yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so obviously in... An investment and consulting business, so much of it relies on just interpersonal relationships. How do you make networking work for you? Great question. So one thing that I've really struggled with in starting Uprise is, of course, there aren't enough hours in the day. And my challenge to myself is to just get out there more and meet people and talk to people versus be behind my computer just yeah. turning out work. And any leader at any company has to battle that balance. Yeah. Right. Go when out you're like press the flesh. running the ship versus like, yeah, going mm-hmm. out there. So, but meeting people has been absolutely the best way for us to find our best clients that we just love working with. And we have our flagship events that we go to every year, CES, South by, um, you know, we're, we're really focused on searching out really promising startups. Okay. And, by doing that, so literally I'll give an example from South by this last year, we looked through the startups that were showcasing there, reached out to about 10 of them to have become amazing clients. And that's how we're very intentional about how we, we go out and, and find our best and brightest. Yeah. So while certainly we, you know, we get, uh, you know, inquiries that just, Hey, you want to work with us? It's really, it's really kind of a mutual process of finding each other yep. and we get a ton of referrals. So that's really been how our business has, has uh, grown. And with the type of work that we do, I think that will continue to be, be really important. Yeah. So you have kind of your anchor events that you know you're going to go to. Yeah. Cause yep. it is, it's uh, not only a work fit, but it's a value fit as well yep. for us with our clients. Very cool. Okay. I like that. Um, where should people look you up? Yeah. So we have a website, uprisepartners.com. Okay. Brian and I also have a podcast, datamyths.com, which is related to some of our work with Uprise, but it's more of just like what we think about the industry and fun stuff that's happening in tech. And uh, yeah, you can reach me, Melinda, at uprisepartners.com by email. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank this you. Has this is fun. This has been super insightful for me, especially because your model is so different. But I love your approach to stuff. I love your your mentality behind like making it work for you, starting from a place of core values and cultural fit and that kind of thing. And then the, the other things can kind of you know fall into place. Um, and thank you guys for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to get some more great stuff coming up. And we'll see you on the next one. We all kind of reached that point where... We know we've created something awesome 
and we want to share it with the world, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary, or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held from, okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14-day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. Yeah, you actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell us over and people tell us over and over again it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge and and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen. And we've had um, we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hbros.co slash script. That's hbros.co slash script.